my dear brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. I welcome you to this week's edition of the St. Jude Parish Chatter. I'm here with Deacon Joe, of course. Hello, Deacon Joe. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm glad to hear it, of course. I got a great Christmas gift with a the new commentaries, and um, I love my new Bible commentary. But you had uh, you were inspired as well. Tell us yeah, about the inspiration. Yeah, I was. That you I had. was. Well, I, I I have a little homily help that has a, a commentary in it, and I've been using it for about twenty years. Put out by the Fra- Franciscan Press, and in their wisdom, they decided they were going to discontinue it. So I've been kind of scratching my head about, well, where do I go from here? And when you mentioned those in your homily, I thought, well, that looks like a good idea. So I ordered one, too. So now we have the same Bible commentary. So if you go around saying, Deacon Joe is saying the exact same thing as Father Tiroff, it doesn't mean that he's parroting me. It's that we have the same source. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So our favorite Bible commentary now is called The Word of the Lord. It's the name of it. And Dr. John Bergsma is the main editor of these Bible commentaries. And one of the things that I love about it is it actually has the Bible reading right there. Yeah. So you don't have to go back and look back in your scriptures as to what they're referring to. You can you can see the commentary as the Word of God is presented there. And one of the great things is the exact same translation as we use at Mass. Yeah. So as I'm doing my preparation for homilies, I don't get confused about the wording at, at Mass. Um, does that ever happen to you that you're reading a gospel and we remember the way that it used to be translated right, right. and that's what comes out of our mouths and we realize that's what's not actually printed on the page. So it can be really helpful to have a practice with the real gospel that we're supposed to be reading at Mass in the, in the current translations. If anybody wants the Bible commentary, it's called The Word of the Lord and the St. Paul Center is the ones that uh, publish it. And um, it was really easy for me to find. Where'd you find it at, Deacon Joe? Uh, I Googled it. You Googled it, yeah. <laughs> I the Googled Word of it. the Lord by Dr. John Bergsman. Well, I remember the Word of the Lord, and then I remember you saying that St. Paul. St. Paul Center for Continuing Biblical Studies or Advanced Biblical Studies, something like that. Anyhow, it's out there, and I'm loving it. So is Deacon Joe. And if anybody else wants to love the scriptures more, I recommend this commentary to anybody out there. It's very good. Yeah. Well, are you ready for the sponsor of the week? Yeah, who's our sponsor today? Okay, our sponsor of the week is for Sunday, January 28th, the return of the Knights of Columbus Family Breakfast. It'll be after all the Sunday Masses, and the the benefactor of the uh, Sunday Breakfast Funds will be the Seminarian Fund. Good, so plan to come to breakfast with all our brothers and sisters. If you're listening to this on Saturday, it's not uh, on the day of release, it's not tomorrow, but rather 28th, is that what you said? 28th, January January 28th. 28th. So plan to come with us after the Sunday Masses. Saturday night, people, uh, you'll have to come back on Sunday to be able to go to Mass. Tell us about the Gospel. Let's hear the word of the Lord. All right. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, you, Lord. Lord. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of the Lord. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked on along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in a boat mending their nets. Then he called them. 
So they left their father Zebedee in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Deacon Joe, I think one of the lines that always has jumped out to me, even when I was a kid and even to this point, is, Come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I think a part of the reason it always jumps is because of the play on on words in English, uh, Mm -hmm. to be a fisherman and make you fishers of men. Um, it, it actually got, it gets lost in other translations where they insist on inclusive language. And our Lord says, I will make you fishers of people. It just doesn't have the same buzz to it. But yeah. I'll make you fishers of men. Oh, I, I, oh that's, a, that's a clever twist. Um, I've been told it actually doesn't exist in the Greek. So um, poor Mark didn't know how clever he was being. But <laughs> in, the, in the English translation, it, it works. And our Lord says, come and follow after me. There is this expectation of discipleship, and it, it's a, a hard, um, a hard uh, lesson to offer to those who want to be comforted. Uh, comfort Catholicism has a tr- tough time reconciling itself with come and follow me, because when we have to follow the Lord, you don't know where you're going to go. It's not That's always right. comfortable. And so these um, fishermen, these initial disciples, were um, invited to come and follow him. It's interesting that this is not their first encounter. From last Sunday's gospel, we remember that um, in John's gospel, um, John had, uh, in the gospel of John the Evangelist, John the Baptist had had, uh, not yet been arrested. And so John the Baptist makes his proclamation, Behold the Lamb of God! And Andrew is one of the ones that hears this and follows after him. So that was the first um, introduction of these fishermen to the Lord Jesus. So he sees them again and he says, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So they get this entirely new call to be able to follow after him. They do. They do. And they remember, too, that Andrew brought his brother Peter to Jesus. That's, I mean, and that's Jesus, right. when we, that's when he goes from, uh, tells him, you, know, you will no longer be Simon, but you will be called Peter or yeah. Cephas. Can I share with you a little bit from our, our favorite Bible commentary? Sure, sure. I'm anxious to see if you're going to share something that hit me from it. From okay, it too. so um, this is the, we were talking about that call, mm-hmm. the call of Andrew and Simon Peter. And here's what Dr. John Bergsman has to say about that. He says, the response of the apostles sets an example for us. Simon and Andrew, quote, abandoned their nets, end quote. Bingo. Whereas James and John have left their father in the boat. This gives, they gave up their profession, the nets, but also their family relationships, the father, to follow Jesus. All of us need to be ready to do that. Of course, for many of us, following Jesus faithfully may mean doing a better job at our profession or caring more deeply for our families. So the point is not that the profession or family relationships are inherently bad. Rather, it's that nothing can take priority over obedience to God. Right, right. That's a great quote, isn't it? Yeah, and and I think if he he goes on a little bit to talk about that abandon some more because what he what they said it in the times of uh, Jesus and the apostles that the only time uh, you were allowed to abandon your profession or relationships was to devote yourself fully to the study of the Torah, mm-hmm. and and so Jesus is is is, is you know. Uh, but comparing himself with God, you know these 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 men are abandoning 
these things because they want to follow God closer. Mm-hmm. So. They want to follow God closer, but he says it's for the sake of the kingdom of God. Right. So there's a little bit of a, of a um, twist. The new covenant is being introduced there. The uh, Torah was the old reason that you would abandon your right. father and your nets. <clears throat> but in the gospel today, the reason you abandon the, your nets and your father is because of the kingdom of God. And this kingdom of God is introduced by our blessed Lord. The phrase doesn't exist in the in the Old Testament, but it um, there are some parallel phrases like in the Psalms, the kingdom of the Lord. But the kingdom of God is um, introduced by our blessed Lord here, and that's the reason that we abandon our nets and our Father. What is more important than our work? What is more important than our family is the kingdom of God, and this kingdom of God is established in Jesus Christ's own person. And in his body and his blood, in his person, he has established this new kingdom of God. And, and it, it goes back to that call for us to be detached from things, you know, to be able to, to put God first in our lives. It's not like you said when you mentioned that quote, it's not that these other things are bad, but we have to, to really get our priorities straight. Remember the first commandment, I am the Lord your God, you shall yeah. not have false gods before you. Right. This is a consistent uh, call of the, of the scriptures that God has to come first. And it's um, a, a, a difficult call for us, but God keeps insisting. He's God mm-hmm. and we are his creatures. Even though it's difficult to put God first because we think we want to be in control and to manipulate things, we consistently find that there's great freedom in putting God's, God first. I'll introduce the topic at this point of priestly celibacy. So as a celibate, there is a sense of the proclamation of my whole life is that God comes first. And um, that means everything else is put to to one side. And that doesn't um, put down marriage, but there is a sense of freedom that comes from being able to be a celibate. Not just freedom to be available to the parishioners, but freedom to endure whatever persecutions may come. You know, Cardinal Sin is in, in um, jail from, um, right now, and so there's a freedom he has to be able to do that. But if he had a wife and children he was responsible for, um, he wouldn't have been able to, free, to, to be free to make such a, a proclamation. So I, I know that deacons are able to be married, and that's a great gift, but there's a sense in which um, the church expects more of me uh, uh, to be more available to the people of God, and the church gives deacons freedom to be able to take care of their families, and, it, and then they are able to take care of the parish as well. Kind of two vocations and two sacraments, matrimony and um, the sacrament of holy orders for the deacon. Yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm. But for the priest, there is a sense of putting the kingdom of God first and everything else is put to, to one side and set to one side. So, yeah, priestly celibacy, I know it's a, uh, people often think, oh, Father would be so much happier as a celibate. Um, sometimes I hear stories from married couples and I think, Lord, thank you so much for making me a celibate <laughs> because it is not always easy to be married. Well, and, and, and us married folks sometimes will remind, our, remind people so that that's why Father's celibate. You know. Yeah, that's right. Because um, it is, I don't want to be too negative about marriage because marriage is a beautiful vocation. It is. It's a wonderful gift from God. But um, I feel like uh, this call of, of uh, Simon Peter and Andrew in the gospel today, they were both married and yet they had, um, uh, they had this call. So you can have holy orders and be married. But there is a sense of abandoning all that clearly comes from the scriptures. By the time we get to the third century, the call to celibacy begins to be codified within the church for those who are in, who are in holy orders. 
Father, will you extend God's blessing for us? Sure. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us to everlasting life. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.